Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Stacy, to spotlight you. Your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Stacey Brown Randall. Stacey Brown Randall is the multiple award-winning author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, host of the Roadmap to Referrals podcast and national speaker. Stacey teaches business owners how to generate referrals naturally, which I love, without manipulating, incentivizing, or even asking. She has been featured in national publications like Entrepreneur Magazine, Investor Business Daily, Forbes, and more. She received her master's in organizational communication and is married with three children. Stacy, welcome to the show. I'm glad you are here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So uh, we read like your professional bio. Tell us in your own words, tell us your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So this one is, it would be awesome if I could be like, you know, I just woke up one day and I was like successful. Like, I think that would be a cool story in and of itself. Right. And that's what, that's what some people want. They just want to be like, I'm successful without doing the work. Right. So you're like, wait, what do you mean? I got to put in work? What? What is this? Absolutely. Um, In my story, there was a lot of work that had to go into it. I actually am a card carrying member of the business failure club. So I had to overcome a business failure. I started an HR human resource consulting firm. I had it for about four years before it failed and I had to go get a job, which once you've tasted entrepreneurship, that's really hard. It is hard. So hard. And so for me, I was like, okay, well, I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. So let's figure out how to fix this. What did I do wrong with business number one? And one of the things I learned and I knew, but didn't apparently want to fix with the first business was that you have to have a way that you are constantly touching business development every day. I don't care what you are, real estate agent, mortgage broker, attorney, CPA, coach, consultant, it doesn't matter. You have to have strategies in place where you are actually working on business development every day. That doesn't mean you're making 40 cold calls every day. That's certainly not what I mean. But it does mean that you have systems and strategies in place that not only work, that give you the results you want, but they work for you. When I figured out that what I was missing with my first company was the easiest way to grow, and that was referrals, I was like, okay, well, when I start business number two, we're going to get all the referrals, except that I had no idea what that meant, except for all the ways that we've been taught for decades, which is the traditional old school advice. You got to ask for them. You got to take advantage of reciprocity to receive them. You have to you know, manipulate. You have to network all the time and always be seen. You got to be gimmicky. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. And I didn't intentionally set out to discover this better way. I set out to make my second business not land in the business failure club again and to be successful and to be sustainable for me. But what I learned as I was going through building up my coaching practice, which is what I had started a productivity and business coaching practice, what I learned in that process and what I was able to really uncover and kind of like stumble upon with how referrals were working for me became a strategy and a system that I now teach to business owners all across the world. 
uh, that sounds very exciting. And I can't wait to dive into that because, and like I work with real estate professionals and they're always talking about, oh, I'm all referrals or I just want referrals. And it's like, uh, that's great, but you do need some system or something in place to kind of get there um, without exhausting yourself. But before that, before we get into the referrals, it's going to be all about referrals. You mentioned something that I think is critical for people to understand. You mentioned, and you didn't say it in these words, these are my words, but you mentioned like working on the business instead of in the business. I just had a conversation with a young woman and she was like, yeah, she's working so hard. And she's like, well, what do you do? I'm like, I, this is how my day is. And my day is set up intentionally. So my business is not running me and I'm running the business. So can you give us some insight on what that means when you were talking about like running your business, working on your business instead of in it and not being exhausted? Yeah, I think, okay. So the first thing I would say is that I think that comes with practice. Like I know everybody talks about, hey, you got to work on your business, not in your business. But until you actually start doing it and being able to differentiate between what does it mean for you to work on your business versus in your business, and then you got to do it. You got to keep practicing it, right? You got to keep making it happen. I think that's really important. For me, working on my business has been always the strategy piece and recognizing that when I'm thinking strategy, right, that's me working on my business. That's where it starts for me. Um, I just released a podcast episode on my podcast. Um, it was episode 250. of the. It's on the Roadmap to Referrals podcast. And the title of it is Business is Never a Straight Line. Now, of course, it wasn't completely on the topic of referrals, but it was on the different model shifts and changes that I have taken taken my business through in its last 10 years. And how I learned to figure out the next shift I would take is by recognizing what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, and then of course, where I'm getting results for my own business and for my clients. And it's never a straight line and it is never like a clear cut answer. Um, but I do think recognizing when are you on the business, working on the business versus in it, you have to first label those tasks and then you have to create space to do those tasks. I love weeks that have, excuse me, I love months that have five weeks in them. So four times a year, we have four months that have a fifth week. And I always, at the beginning of the year, I block out all five, all those fifth weeks, there's four of them. And I take no meetings, no calls, no podcast interviews, no nothing. And I just work on the business because that gives me a container of time where I know I'm at least guaranteed a handful of times throughout the year to do this. Then I do a retreat at the end of every year too. But the more you do this, the less you have to work on your business all the time. And you can really have those moments where you just dive in and are working on your business. Um, but again, I'm 10 years into this. I didn't look like this my first year. None of us do. I didn't yes. look like this my fifth year, right? I mean, none of us do. But I do think it's a bit, like one thing I have learned as being a business owner is paying attention to not only what I'm seeing, because I think that comes second, usually for uh, me, it comes to what I'm feeling. Like, what am I feeling about my business? And then how can uh, I change that to make my business run better for me as long as it is still delivering to my clients what they are looking for to get them the success they want? Thank, thank you for sharing that. Um, and I want to talk about like a little bit later, uh, your book, your podcast. And I want to hear about that specific episode where you're talking about like business is never straight. So um, I want to talk about referrals, though, because that's what probably our audience they want to hear about like how do you get referrals and like how do i do that magic that stacy's doing right so uh first and foremost like tell us what a referral is like what is the definition of a referral 
Yeah, I'm glad you kind of started with that basic question because it feels really basic yes. until, I, until I answer it. And then you're like, oh, wait, maybe some of your listeners are like, I've been thinking about this all wrong. And I work with a lot of real estate agents and I can guarantee you you're probably thinking about this not as clearly and with the great amount of clarity as you need. And so when we define a referral, it's very clear and it is a prospect that has been referred to you by someone else, meaning there's a personal connection. So the first part of a referral definition is that there's a personal connection. There's a referral source, which is just what we call the person who refers to you. We call them referral sources. There's a referral source that refers a prospect to you by connection. Like usually in the real estate world, it's going to happen over email or over text thread, right? It's going to be some kind of group text or it's going to be over email. Really is this stuff happening in person anymore, but it could. And so there's a connection between the referral source, the prospect and you. You have been personally connected to the prospect. The second definite, the second piece of the definition is that the prospect knows they're the prospect. Like they have a need identified. I need to sell my home. I need to buy an investment property. I need to buy a new house. Whatever it is, there's a reason that they want to be connected to an agent. Because if there's no reason, they're not a prospect. So why do you need to be connected to them in this case? A lot of sense. And so a lot of times when I'm dealing with real estate agents and I'm like, the prospect has a need and you've been personally connected to them by a referral source, because that's where all the things happen that make a referral a referral. When that happens, they're easy to close, quicker to close. They already trust you. They're less price sensitive, right? All the things happen in that definition. What I see a lot of agents doing though, is calling word of mouth buzz a referral. And just mm -hmm. someone told you, they talk to their neighbor about how amazing you are and how they have to hire you. That is not a referral. It's so close to one, but it's actually word of mouth buzz. And it's it's good. Like, I'm glad people are talking about you positively, but you are not in the driver's seat and you have no idea who that person is. So the reality of it is you're just like waiting and fingers crossed, you know, wishing, hoping and praying that they're going to follow up with you. What I teach my clients is in that moment, there is language we use to flip that word of mouth buzz into an actual referral because it's missing that connection piece. But we use language that makes everybody feel good. That's kind of like the key behind it and that it does what it's supposed to do. But it's really important that you recognize just someone talking about your business is not the same thing as someone referring a client to you and putting their reputation on the line and connecting you to that person. Thank you. I really appreciate that because that's what, uh, in my experience, that's what a lot of people think a referral is. It's like somebody talking about their business that, or is that word of mouth buzz, which you said, and that's not the full picture. Um, some, when you were talking, you mentioned like referral sources, like, uh, is there like, what is a referral source? And is there a certain amount? Like, what is that? Like, tell us about that. Yeah. So a few key things you kind of need to know about referral sources is first of all, first and foremost, they're always a human. You weren't referred by the Chamber of Commerce. You were referred by somebody at that networking event that the Chamber okay. of Commerce hosted, right? It is always a human, right? And unless Madonna is referring business to you, they have a first and a last name. So you're like, you need to know who our referral sources are. Lots of people are like, oh yeah, I came up with the list on the top of my head. I'm like, you're inevitably adding people who aren't real referral sources or you're forgetting people. So we don't take things from memory. That's not usually the best place to start. But a referral source is always going to be a human, which means they've actually referred a client to you because there's two categories of referral sources. There's existing, those that have referred you, and then there's potential, those that you want to refer you, but they never have. When you look at our existing referral sources, 
it's a human who's referred you, they fall into one of four types. They're a client, could be current or past. They are a COI or what which we call center of influence. I know in real estate, it's called sphere of influence, which is not your whole database. And it is not everybody you know on LinkedIn. It's like a subset right. of those people who know what you do and come across people they can refer to you. That second piece is super important. And so, yeah, there's clients, there's centers of influence, and then there's family and friends, which we see more in the real estate industry than I do like with my attorneys, so to speak. Um, so there's family and friends. And then the fourth one is actually strangers. And strangers, most people are like, wait, I gotta have a relationship with someone. I, so I gotta know somebody before they can refer to me. Unless you've been in business for a really, really long time, sometimes you'll have someone refer to you and you're like, I don't know who that is, but they know who you are. So stranger by definition in these terms is you don't know who they are, but they know who you are. And so it's very rare. Not everybody has strangers refer them, but some do. And the longer you're in business or the more of a brand you have in a community, sometimes you'll have people refer people to you and you don't know who they are. So clients, COIs, family and friends, strangers, those are the four types within existing referral sources. Okay. Um, so one of the things that we do a lot is, and it seemed kind of salesy to me, honestly, is we ask our friends and family for, oh, send this person a referral. Um, is that a good idea? Should we be doing it a certain way? What's your perspective? Yeah. So here's the thing. What I love about being a business owner is that I'm in charge and I get to okay. make all the decisions that I want to make for my business. And so I always tell folks, you've got to find the right strategies that are going to generate referrals for you that A, feel good and B, work. Who cares if they feel good if they're not actually generating results? And why would you do something that feels terrible, particularly if it's not generating the results you want? Right. So in the real estate industry for decades, probably longer than I've been alive, there has been one or two main ways that people have been taught, agents have been taught to generate referrals. Ask for them or be overly promotional and gimmicky and slap a sticker on everything you do that says, don't keep me a secret, or I'm never too busy for your referrals. That's it. That's how real estate agents have been taught. You're gonna ask people for referrals until you make everybody uncomfortable and people run away from you, even at the neighborhood yes. networking event, like the barbecue event, right? Or you're gonna slap the gimmicky stickers on. You're gonna put in your email signature, I'm never too busy for your referrals, or the greatest compliment you can give me is a referral. And that's it. You're told to be gimmicky, network a ton, or directly ask people. The reality of it is the majority of people are not comfortable either showing up that way or putting themselves in an awkward situation to ask. But for decades, that's what you've been told to do. And then you've been told, hey, if you don't wanna do those things, well, then you don't get referrals, which is like the worst advice ever and really fires me up and kind of ticks me off. Because the truth is, if you understand the science behind what happens when referrals are being given to you, you can actually devise an entire strategy that will generate referrals without asking or being gimmicky or salesy or without manipulation. And you can generate referrals in that way. And what people don't recognize, and which is where we come in, is that we believe the people who refer to your business are the most important people in your business. So you should respect and protect that relationship above all else. And being gimmicky and being in their face all the time and asking them all the time is not respecting or protecting that relationship. So we just created strategies that will respect and protect the relationship, but also work. Thank you. So where does, right, uh, like where does referrals like start to come in and what it is that we're doing? Like, do we do that? When we first get, as, as an example, right, I'm an investor, I'm a new investor, send me all your referrals or I'm an agent, send me all your referrals. When do we instill, instill this referral process into the 
strategy? Yeah, so I think it well, I think it will look different for investors than it does for agents. From an agent's perspective, it's never too soon to start trying to generate referrals, but the strategy, the tactic you take will feel backwards. So if you're an agent and you've been in business for a year or longer, you probably have people who have referred you. My first step for you would be to teach you how to identify those people correctly. Identify oh. your existing referral sources, because if you have people who've referred you, then that's your low hanging fruit. That's where we go and start getting referrals quickly because they've actually already done it before. Now we're just going to take care of them and use different language and a better way to cultivate more referrals from them. But if you're brand new or you've been in business five years and you've just never generated referrals, right? There is actually a strategy that we teach for developing potential referral sources into new referral sources. It starts with identification because not everybody can refer you even if you think they can. They cannot and they will not. Right. So it starts with identification and then it starts with doing the one thing you don't anticipate doing, which is not making it about you, not making it about real estate and not making it about referrals. In fact, you don't even talk about those three things. When you're first cultivating a relationship with someone that you want to refer to you, you make it about them because nobody allows you to occupy space in their mind, to remember you, to refer to you until you've impacted how they feel about you. And they don't feel anything about you if you make it all about you when you're actually starting to cultivate this relationship. You got to make it about them. And this takes longer. And a lot of people are like, where's my silver bullet? I'm like, wrong place. You have stopped at the wrong place. I don't have your silver bullet. I don't, I'm not staples. I don't have an easy button for you but you cultivate those relationships and those are the ones that serve you well. Like I was just talking to an agent who's in my coaching program, building a referable business, and he averages about eight referrals in a year, right? Not great, not shabby. Well, it's not, you know, it's not the best, it's not the worst. Eight referrals in a year. Already in first quarter of this year, he's gotten six. Three wow. of those, three of those came from brand new people he's been cultivating into referral sources following our strategy. And so there, it, it's not going to like, boom, happen like that. But in 90 days, right, he's, yes. only, he's brought in two less referrals in 90 days and he typically averages in an entire year. Right. And he's only going to grow from there. We actually set a goal for 24 for him because we have big plans for him. But like the idea of this is that it will take some time and you've got to understand the different strategies you need to deploy. Thank you. So I'm going to refer to some of the questions I have for you. What are the three foundational strategies every business needs to build a referral pool business? So at our super high level, they are having a strategy for existing referral sources. How do I get more referrals from those who already refer me? That's a strategy we teach. It's how you build out the right plan with the right language to take care of them. So they continue to refer you throughout the year. The next strategy is the one that we call for potential referral sources. It's your ability to identify people you want to refer you and then taking them through a process we call running five, keeping warm to keep to get them to a place where they would be comfortable referring you. Not all will, but the idea there is to cultivate as many new people referring you as you need. And then the third foundational strategy is actually the referable client experience. And within that strategy, it's not only like you need to be referable with how you do business, but it's not just the work you deliver and what it's like to work with you. It's also the relationship you build with your clients through that client experience. So we teach in referable client experience. Okay, let's make sure you actually have a referable client experience, not like an average one, a referable one. And then we're also going to teach you the moments throughout your client experience where you have the potential to be gathering and uncovering referrals that you've probably just missed along the way. But 
Existing referral sources, potential referral sources, and the referable client experience are the three foundational strategies that we have most, that's where most people start. You don't always need the potential referrals. If you've got 50 referral sources, you probably don't need new ones right now. You may later on, but those are the three we tell folks to, that we want them to start with. Thank you. Uh, your work, your work includes a mix of psychology, brain science, behavioral economics, social science, and common sense. How do those play into sustainable referral generation? Yeah, so it always comes down to this, right? There's actually science that's happening every time a referral is given. And that's the behavioral economics. That's the psychology of trust. That's understanding um, our social networks, right? That's understanding what's happening in the brain when a referral source is giving you a referral. We take and understand all that science. And that's the strategies we then apply. So they're like science-backed solutions that we make very practical and application because we understand the science. We build out the strategies so that you can just deploy them knowing that you're honoring the science and the relationships through our process. And to be honest, the common sense pieces, sometimes I feel like I spend a good portion of my days reminding people to just be a good person. Like at yeah. the end of the day, we're here to take care of people. Yes, there is a strategy. Yes, there is what we do that is different from things we don't do. And yes, there is the right language. But at the end of the day, like, just be a good person. And that's where the yes. common sense comes in. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, the prequel to generating referrals is being referable. What do people overlook about their client experience when it comes to referrals? Yeah, I think with the client experience, this is what we teach in referable client experience, is that people overlook the ability to make it a repeatable process for every client and having system and pro systems and processes in place that allow that to happen, not just because you're slow. So you're giving the clients you have this amazing experience and then you get super busy and like the wheels fall off. Right. So it is having those processes and systems in place. The other thing is, is that people not recognizing the stages that their buyers or excuse me, their clients, whether it's a buyer or a seller, that the stages that of a client experience that their clients go through and having specific touch points within each of those stages, which we call new, active and ongoing or alumni, having the idea of there are things happening. Buyers have opinions, right? I mean, excuse me, clients have opinions as they're going through those three stages. And what are you doing in those stages to meet them where they are? That helps make your whole process much, much more referable. Thank you. I have one more question. Then I want to hear about your book. And then I want to hear about the podcast. That okay with you? Yeah. Okay, awesome. So what is the client experience formula that drives referrals? Tell us about that. Yeah, so most people think, okay, I got to do great work. Jerome, if I do great work, I'm going to get all the referrals. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Let's be right. honest. If every client that worked with you gave you a referral, I wouldn't be here sitting here talking to you. We, I wouldn't have a business because it would just happen. Like if every client referred you, we all be good, right? Yeah, you got referred to the podcast. It would have never <laughs> happened, right? <laughs> and so the idea from this is, is that most people think if I do great work, I'll get referrals. I wish that were true. It should be true. In a perfect world, it will be true. Maybe it'll be true in heaven. It is not true here, right? And so what's important that we recognize is that the formula is it's not just the great work you do. It's also the relationship you build. And the analogy I use is think about a proposal, right? When somebody proposes to someone else, right? There's usually a ring that is given in that proposal, right? We call that the hardware. That's the thing I can see. That's the work. So the ring that's given in a proposal is considered the hardware, the work you do, right? It's equivalent to your work touch points. It's the contracts they sign. It's the homes that you sell. It's the sign in their front yard that says their house is for sale. It's all the things I can see. I see myself moving out of my own house because you've just helped me sell it, right? The work is the tangible. It's the ring. But what I talk about 
for my proposal, yes, I do show off the ring. But what I talk about from that proposal is how you asked me and what that story is and what the setting was. And that's the relationship piece. So the ring are the work touch points. The how you ask someone to marry you is, of course, the relationship touch points. And a client experience that's referable needs both work touch points and relationship touch points. Not at 100% both, but you need to have the relationship touch points infused amongst your work touch points to be referable. Thank you. Uh, now, can you tell us about your podcast uh, yeah. in general? And then I want to hear about the episode you mentioned a little bit earlier. So tell us about your podcast and what goes on over there. Yeah. So it's a Roadmap to Referrals. We did change the name at the beginning of this year, uh, but you'll, you can find it anywhere as Roadmap to Referrals. We're over 250 episodes, which is crazy, which means we're over four years. Um, I, I tell myself every year at the end of the year, wow, that is the one thing I am super consistent about is every wow. Tuesday we drop a new episode. It is mostly a solo show. It is me teaching almost every episode. Now I do bring on people that can drive a point home or a client that can talk about something or can give an idea of the results. And every once in a while, I will do a series that's not about referrals, just to be quite honest, to give me a break. <laughs> we talk uh -huh. about, like, just talk about something else. So we have like a summer series coming up this year um, that's going to be on the mindset of an entrepreneur. And so we're mindset of a business owner. And so I've got some experts coming on to talk about mindset. But from that perspective, usually every week, it is me teaching you something that you need to know about referrals. Thank you for sharing that. So earlier you mentioned that you did a particular episode and mm -hmm. I think this is good for our audience because sometimes, like you said, they want the silver bullet or the one thing and it's like, uh, sorry to break it to you, but it's not that simple. So you talked about, you did an episode on business is never straight. Can you tell us about that and tell us why you decided to do that episode? Yeah. So it's episode 251. I think I said 250 earlier, but it's actually episode 251 and it was coming off of, so episode 250, you know, every 50th episode on a podcast, as you know, is like, it's like a milestone. It's like, oh, I did another yes. 50 episodes. I'm like 200. Now I'm 250, right? I'll be 300 soon. And so every 50th episode, I try to do something different to like celebrate the fact that I've made it, to be perfectly honest, you know? And so for me, it was, I actually had my husband come on the podcast and I asked him 10 questions about my business just to see how well he's been paying attention over the last 10 years of me and being in this business. And I asked him like, how many different models has my business had? And we were both like, he was like, do you even know the answer? And I was like, no. And so I I actually did an episode. I started, I mapped it out for somebody over coffee one time. And I was like, that's a great podcast episode in and of itself is she asked me, how did you land in your coaching program model of your business? Because I've had, she'd known me having other models. She's like, how'd you land there? And I was like, I could not have told you in day one, this is where I would be in year 10. I was like, it was, it's not a straight line. Like business is never a straight line. And you thinking it's supposed to be, is going to set you up for failure. And yes. we go in thinking this is my business. And if I don't look like this in five years, people will think somehow it wasn't working and I failed. No, what happens over five years or one year or 10 years is that you're constantly consuming information about how you help your clients and how you do great work and then exactly how you want to show up for that business. As you mentioned earlier, I'm a mom to three kids and they're all like teenagers and preteens, right? But every stage of their life meant my business needed to look a little different and not because I'm not a full-time company. I certainly am, but because I came into business for myself for flexibility. And so I've allowed my business to evolve as my life has evolved, but also as my clients needed something different. And that episode is all about showing that that's what it's supposed to look like. You're not supposed to all have it figured out in the first year. You're supposed to allow it to evolve. That's okay. And you're supposed to figure it out as you go and you can still be successful doing that. 
And that's what that episode 251 was all about. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you. So uh, I've just like love books. And one of the questions that I normally ask my guests is I ask them to recommend three books. So I'm going to ask you the same thing, but you have to make sure the last one is about your book. So tell okay. us three books that you recommend to the audience and why, and make sure your book is the last book and tell us why we should get that book and then tell us how we can get it. Oh my gosh. So I'm a reader just like you are. And I'm a physical copy reader because I like to write in my books. Yes. So, yep. um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm like, oh gosh, all the books that I could recommend, where do I even start? I think um, one of my, you know what, I'll start with two non referral books because mine will be the third one. And, and that's what that is. Um, I think one of the first books I read that was really, really impactful for me thinking about my business from a systems perspective is what a lot of people probably recommend, which is E-Myth Revisited and okay. understanding creating processes and systems. Like pretend you're going to franchise your business. How would you then have to run it? Really forces you to eliminate a bunch of the crap. <laughs> it just does. Um, and that is super helpful. The next one I would say is something I implemented in my business in 2019. And I'm convinced it's the reason why 2020 for me was just another year. Not like not it wasn't a yes. out year being COVID year, but it also wasn't like, is my business going to survive? It was like, yeah, no, we're good. Everything's fine. And that's profit first. And I implemented okay. that system in my business in 2019. Great book um, by Mike Michalowicz. The third, of course, is my book, as you asked, which is generating business referrals without asking. And we talk about understanding what you need to know about referrals to be able to generate them without asking. And then we dive into the five steps of what that looks like. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you so much. I know you got to go. You're a busy woman. Uh, tell us how we can get your book. We know it's on Amazon. Do you have a website where we can get it to? Uh, tell us how we can get your book. And uh, lastly, end us uh, with how we can learn more about you and what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, my website is the home base. We'll answer both those questions. It's stacybrownrandall.com. I know you'll probably put it in the show notes or put a link to it. Stacy is spelled with an E. That sometimes trips people up. But stacybrownrandall.com is the website. It's got information on the podcast, on our articles, on the book that we have out. Whenever we get book number two published, it'll be up there as well. Um, but lots of information there. And there's even a whole section right there on the homepage about how you can work with me. We've got online programs for those who like the self-study version. I've got a coaching program for folks who like, hey, I want Stacy to tell me I'm doing it right. Um, so you can go through and look at our options of working with us as well. And everything's right there on the homepage, stacybrownrandall.com. Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate you so much. This has been a, a fast paced episode with a lot of information. It's a lot to digest here. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I like to talk to my guests at the end of the podcast. So I want you to stay around for a couple minutes and then uh, I'll let you go. All right. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, yep. Absolutely.